I love coffee, I love coffee, I love coffee, and coffee loves me too. Hey friends, welcome, welcome to And Found. Okay, so welcome back. <laughs> if you came back after that crazy introduction. Oh yeah, you know me by now. You know I got this really dry, wry, weird kind of sense of humor, but that's me, right? I'm just gonna be myself. I very much enjoy doing these uh, videos. I hope you're getting as much out of them as I am myself, uh, journeying with you here through the Gospel of Luke. This is our second part of looking at Luke's Gospel, chapter 15. And uh, I have been using a couple of books to help with these reflections. And the first is the very well-known book by Father Henry Nouwen, uh, The Return of the Prodigal Son, which I'm sure many of you have heard of and have read yourself. And the other book that I have been using comes from Father Christoph, Christoph Rembeck, who I mentioned in my previous episode, and he wrote this book called Hope for Judas. A very, very thought-provoking look at the mercy ministry of Jesus and how Judas himself would have been an observer and a participant in that ministry. So I would actually encourage you to read the book if you get a copy of it and keep an open mind. Now, G.K. Chesterton said don't have such an open mind that your brain falls out. But nonetheless, we have keep an open mind. And he just presents some very, I think, thought-provoking uh, reflections on the life of Judas and the ministry of Jesus and our understanding and reception, particularly of the mercy of God. So this is the second part of our look at Luke 15. And you recall that it is from the suggestion of Father Rembeck that we could possibly reorder the parables in Luke 15, starting with the parable of the prodigal son, then going on to the lost sheep and the lost coin. If the son had not returned, the father himself would have left the estate and went out in search of the son to find him. But what if the son was so far lost that he couldn't cry out, that he couldn't come back on his own? Then we have the story of the woman in search of the one lost coin. So today we're going to take a look at the, the parable of the lost sheep and the parable of the lost coin. So I want to get your Bibles out. We're again looking at Luke's Gospel at chapter 15. Now, this, the shepherd, he is very, very extravagant. He leaves the 99 in the wilderness and goes off in search of the one lost sheep. Now, in our modern culture, that might seem a bit weird because we're so used to having a surplus of a lot of things. You know, I, I lose one penny, well, who cares, you know? Or, you know, one apple in a bag is kind of bad, I throw it out, well, you know, who cares? We ex don't really understand the extravagance of God, but I think the Lord wants us to really to open up our hearts so we can have a deeper experience of that extravagance of God. Don't, don't think in terms of how the world thinks, but how is... God or Heavenly Father thinking about us and ministering to us in our life. He leaves the 99 in the wilderness, which leads to the question, well, if they're left in the wilderness, like where is this one particular sheep gone off to? 
compared to the, the rest of them uh, left in the wilderness. So the shepherd sets out to find this lost sheep and he would have been calling the sheep by name. Maybe the shepherd knew this particular sheep since the day that the, she the sheep was born. <laughs> gotta, gotta be careful there. There's a lot of, <laughs> a lot of S's in that, in that sentence. The shepherd knows the sheep, that's right, uh, by name. And he's listening for the sound of the sheep. And the sheep... <laughs> I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm a, in a tongue twister here. The sheep would have known the voice of the shepherd and he'd be able to hear it bawling, just crying out. It's lost somewhere, maybe stuck in, a, in brambles or maybe down deep into a ditch or maybe it even injured itself and can't walk very well. And they would have recognized each other's voice. Sheep are nearsighted. They can't see too much past the end of their nose, but they can hear uh, very well. And he lays the sheep on his shoulders without hesitation. Now, again, we don't know what kind of mess uh, this sheep got itself into. Let's just presume it was pretty dirty. It was looking pretty ragged. It was probably hungry and thirsty uh, without too much energy or strength. And so the shepherd, this very passionate, very gentle care that he has for this one particular sheep, even though he has 99 of them left at home or in the wilderness or in the pasture somewhere, but he is so concerned about the one. That's the concern that God has for you and for me. So much care, so much concern that he would set out in search of you and me when we get ourselves lost and we get ourselves in all these different jackpots, one after the other. And we say, how did I get here again? Well, I am where I am, and God, come and help me. God, come and rescue me. God, come and save me. And he, he does. He's always out looking for us. He's not afraid to go where he needs to go. He's not afraid to go uh, where we are. He's not ashamed. He's not shy. He's not, not hesitant. He's strong and tender and compassionate. And he places the sheep on his shoulders. And there is, in, in the church, uh, the tradition of an archbishop wearing on his shoulders a band of wool cloth that symbolizes the sheep, symbolizes him being the shepherd who carries the sheep on his shoulders. So next time you see the archbishop, if you live in an archdiocese, and you see this band of wool around his neck, goes down the front, and down the back, that's what that symbolizes. And uh, FYI, in case you find yourself on the set of Jeopardy one day, <laughs> or want to play Jeopardy at home, there is actually a herd of sheep at the Vatican. On Vatican property, there is a herd of sheep that are tended for and cared for, sheared once a year, and their wool is used to make these wool palliums that are given to a new archbishops every year. So there you go, little FYI. But what if the sheep was, again, so far gone, so lost, so worn out as to not be able to cry out? 
Well, enter in the woman who has lost one coin. And the gospel says that she lights a lamp, sweeps the house, and searches diligently until she has found it. Again, living in our modern culture today, with our surplus and our wealth, you know, you, you lose a loony, well, okay, whatever. You know, I got a bunch of other loonies left, you know, or toonies or whatever it is, you know. We're not all that concerned with small little numbers, but God is. God is concerned with the individual. Six, what is it, six billion of us in the world? And God loves us individually and loves us uniquely. And we are each so unique that we actually communicate and relate to God in our own particular unique way. And God rejoices in that particular and unique way. The persistence of the woman, never giving up. And I think of the example of Saint Monica, who prayed continuously for the conversion of her son, who is now Saint Augustine. So there's that 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 genius and that determination and that strength and that just unwillingness to give up that is exhibited in the life of this woman today. So she herself is looking for the coin. And the reason she had to light a lamp was because the coin fell somewhere in the house. And in the time of Jesus, most people, the floors of the house were dirt. And so she is searching with the lamp in the house and sweeping because the coin probably got embedded into the dirt floor. It was covered with dust and it'd be hard to see. The silver would no longer reflect the light and even the image on the coin would no longer be recognizable. And so she is looking, she's searching, she is persevering. And in our own life, we can find ourselves covered with grounds, maybe even literally ground, right? Uh, dirt and grime, but more so in the spiritual life. We're covered with grounds and we can be unrecognizable, unrecognizable to others, unrecognizable to ourselves. But God doesn't stop searching for us diligently, the gospel says which is with this conviction, with this per perseverance, with this unwillingness to stop. She was not going to stop until she found that lost coin, even though she had nine others. It was that valuable uh, to her. I think of growing up at home, you know, we'd, we'd lose things. And uh, my mother would say, well, ask St. Anthony to help you find it. Okay, St. Anthony, help me find, I don't know, help me find my car keys. Like, I'll give, you, I'll give five bucks to the poor if you help me find my car keys. Well, I don't just sit there thinking that the car keys are going to somehow kind of float through the air or just kind of like drop out of the sky into my hands. I have to look. And I can think of a few times, you know, growing up at home, I'm looking for something and I say, say to my parents, I can't find it. Well, dad would say, well, did you look underneath? No. <laughs> Did you pull the sofa away from the wall and look behind it? No. Did you look on top of the bookcase? No, because I'm lazy, right? I, want, I just wanted to sit here and have things come to me. Well, it doesn't work that way. 
God himself goes out in search of us. He puts in the effort, puts in the energy, and I have to do uh, the same to find my stuff. So that's, that's, that's what this, these, these parables are all about, right? It's cooperating with God's grace. He eventually, he will find us. He'll catch up to us. He'll, be, he'll speak to our hearts. He'll, he'll call us back to himself. And the woman, she, she cleans off the coin and she shows it. She shows it to her friends and her neighbors. Both she and the shepherd, the gospel says, calls their friends, their neighbors together and says to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found the coin that was lost. I have found the sheep that was lost. And the father of the prodigal son does the same, calls together the servants. Quick, put a good robe on him, the best robe on him. Kill the fatted calf. Let's party. You know, you think like, you're like, what if your neighbor, you know, calls you over and says, "Hey, come on over! I found my car keys. We're having a party." You're like, like that's okay. That's that's a bit weird. <laughs> anyway, unless they had really good food and drink, you'd be over there pretty fast. But anyway, it's just the extravagance of a god, and the extravagance of the party that the woman and or the man hosted would have probably been more costly than than the value of the coin or even the value of that that one little sheep that was was found and you'll notice that in all three parables uh, the father the the shepherd and the woman all of them hold in their hands that which was lost but now has been found whether it's the embrace of the son whether it's carrying the sheep on the shepherd's shoulders or whether it's taken into her hand uh, gratefully and thankfully the found coin by the woman. And it speaks, I believe, about how we desire to be known, we desire to be loved, we desire to be held. God, our Heavenly Father, in finding us, even in the midst of the grounds of our life, wants to hold us. Have you ever meditated upon that truth? That God, my Heavenly Father, wants to hold me. I encourage you to spend some time in the next few days just quietly meditating upon that truth. Just seeing yourself being held by God the Father. And allow yourself to be loved in that circumstance. Whether we have journeyed to a far-off land or a just a little bit away land or if we have gone off far emotionally or just a little bit emotionally whatever it is going on in our life and whoever it is that we identify with in these three parables let's just let the Lord uh, love us and let the Lord hold us let the Lord speak his tender word of mercy to us again if more and more of our contemporaries would just understand this and open their heart to receive this personal intimate encounter that we can all have with God, our Heavenly Father, we would be living in a much different world. Numbers are not a very big deal to God. The shepherd goes off in search of one sheep. The woman looks for one coin. Luke's Gospel says that there's more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who comes back to the Lord than over 99 who did not need repentance. 
Just one. Just one. And Luke also says that where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. We are God's treasure. And because of that, that is where we find his heart. We find his heart beating in love for us. How does that sit with us? How does it sit with you? How does it sit with me? That God, the creator of the universe, who was everything, all things, existed way before time, exists outside of time, is all-powerful, all-knowing, is also all-loving and all-merciful. That no matter what you and I have done, no matter how long we've been away, no matter how far we've taken off, no matter how much we have been ground up in life because of our own decisions or what has been done to us, the Lord desires to find us. And we can indeed be found by simply saying, Lord, here I am. Here I am, Lord. Just come and get me. Just come and get me. Carry me home. Put a nice robe on my back. Host a party for me with your family and your friends. There's more rejoicing in heaven among the angels. They're all jumping up and down in joy. And I mention that when people come to confession, particularly if they've been away for a long time. I say there's a lot of rejoicing in heaven today. Because you, the person to whom I'm speaking, you have chosen to allow the Lord to find you and have allowed the Lord to bring you to himself. And it's now he wants to minister to you, to clean each of us up, to restore us to our original dignity, to wipe away the dust, the dirt, that which makes us unrecognizable, but to allow us then to shine forth with the image that is truly ours. Because as I said earlier in the last episode, we all look like God, God or heavenly father. In all three parables, God himself takes the initiative. And so do I believe that I'm loved enough to be searched for and found? Or making it more specific, do I believe I'm worthy uh, to be found? The sun and the sheep and the coin are all welcomed. They're all welcomed home. No questions asked. And home is where we hear God or Heavenly Father say to us, you are my beloved daughter. You are my beloved son. And with you, I am indeed well pleased. So let us pray. So, Lord Jesus, we just continue to thank you for the gift of each day that you have promised, Lord, that you would never abandon us, and so you're always with us, Lord. Help us, Lord, to remember that. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for inspiring Luke to write this chapter of three powerful parables. We thank you, Lord, that you are the prodigal father, the, 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 just the rash, the extravagant, merciful love that the father exhibits is the love that you exhibit and show to us, Jesus. 
We thank you, Lord, that you are always calling us back to yourself. We repent, Lord Jesus, of any ways in which we have journeyed off to far distant lands, physically or emotionally, any way, Lord, that we have distanced ourselves from you. We repent, Lord, of any ways which we have given into the lie that we have done something that you would never forgive us for. We repent, Lord Jesus, of believing the lie that we're not worth it, that we're just one person among billions in the world, Lord. But Lord Jesus, your mercy, your grace, your care is given to us personally. We thank you for that, Lord. Help us, Lord Jesus. Help us never to hesitate to respond to your invitation to return to you. But even then, Lord, you set out in search of us, and you just don't stop, Lord, until you find us. You find us, Lord, in all kinds of different places. But you're okay with that, because that's where we are, and this is where you come to rescue us, to carry us home. Speak that truth into each of our hearts, Lord, that we are indeed your beloved daughters, your beloved sons, and you are indeed well-pleased with us. We pray, Lord, for that person listening today who is carrying a heavy burden, that person who is living in guilt or shame or remorse of something that could have or should have or would have happened in their life. We pray, Lord Jesus, that you would wipe away the dust, the dirt, that is on them, searching diligently, Lord. Again, carry us home to yourself, Jesus. We thank you, Lord, that you want to put on a beautiful new robe on us, and that you welcome us back, Lord, no questions asked. Make it possible, Lord Jesus, for all of us to encounter you in the sacrament of reconciliation this Lent, where we will hear you say, through the ministry of the priest, your sins are forgiven, go in peace. Continue to pray, Lord, for peace in the world, beginning with peace in our own hearts. We pray, Lord Jesus, for the softening of hard hearts, that peace would come to the Ukraine. We pray, Lord Jesus, for all those who have died, all those who are refugees. We pray, Lord Jesus, that our hearts would be moved with tenderness and compassion for them as you are tender and compassionate with us. Mother Mary and St. Joseph, please pray for us. Amen. Okay, well, there you go. <laughs> God bless the rest of your day. Thanks for joining. We'll uh, see you next time. In the meantime, remember that when we're powerless, that's when we're strong, and victory is indeed gained through surrender. And may Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace.